Welcome and thank you for choosing the Mental Mindset Podcast presented by DBC Sports Psychology. Mental Mindset is hosted by Andrew Tosi and Zach Perkins, who will discuss mental skills, tips, and tricks to help you, your child, or your athletes be the best version of themselves in and out of sports. We hope you enjoy this week's Mental Spark. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Mental Mindset Podcast. I'm Andrew. I'm Zach, and today we have a really special guest joining us. Uh, pretty excited to have her on the podcast. Does quite a lot uh, in terms of, I guess, my profession, right, Andrew, of uh, of women's For hockey sure. and and kind yeah. of what she adds and brings there. So, uh, without further ado, we'd like to introduce Carla Pendamone. Uh I'll let her give her background a little bit, and then we'll kind of jump into it from there. Let's do it. Awesome. Andrew, Zach, thank you guys so much for having me tonight. Uh, really excited to to join you guys. Um, and yeah, so just, you know, a little bit about me. Um, I grew up playing hockey. I didn't start until I was 13, actually. And so um, I started pretty, you know, relatively late. I was a figure skater, um, ended up making Team Illinois, um, much to my surprise when I was a freshman, um, ended up um, making the mission again, to my surprise, uh, I think the figure skating skills the, were, were the, about the only thing that, that I had at the <laughs> time. Um, and from there I made the national development camp at, uh, as a junior and senior. And it was at that camp that I got scouted, uh, to go to sacred heart university, which at the time was actually D one independent, um, went from there. Um, and I love coach O'Malley, um, you know, you know, great, great academics. But for me, I just, I miss being kind of close to my family, um, you know, close to home. Um, and I wanted something a little bit bigger. So I transferred, um, walked on at Wisconsin, which, you know, Andrew, kind of the mental side of the game, we talk, you know, the being a walk on was certainly, uh, you know, it was amazing, but it also <laughs> a challenge as well from the mental I can imagine. game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we won a couple of national championships with the Badgers and got to, you know, play with Hillary Knight and Brianna Decker. And kind of uh, after that, I went to grad school at Northwestern. And, you know, I know right before the podcast, we talked a little bit about like that transition from being a, um, you know, identified as an athlete and then to, you know, kind of go and, and to be a, a NARP, as we call it, or a normal average regular person. And like uh, lots of, lots of, you know, struggling to kind of figure myself out, figure out my identity and, you know, all that stuff. And so, you know, working full time, um, but I kept being drawn back to hockey and I realized that maybe it wasn't as a, maybe not as a player. Um, so I became a program director, a triple a coach. I coach actually men's college hockey at the ACHA level, uh, for DePaul, which was one of the first females to be able to get to do that, which was pretty cool. And then during COVID hit and I got so many questions about, um, you know, advising on the men's side. So I ended up actually, uh, you know, starting my own little thing and it's gotten super big now with, uh, with women's college hockey recruiting and um, have had the great fortune of, of actually working with Zach a little bit on the men's side. Uh, I think at first we, we kind of got to know each other in that capacity. Birdie was going to the women's side, was super stoked for that. Um, and yeah, our, our, our company has grown. Um, we have, uh, kind of three, uh, you know, full-time advisors, which are great. We just added Jess Kazumi on from the University of Vermont, which was a huge ad for us. And then we have Tom Hoffman, who coached at the NCAA level, Allie LaBaff, um, 
you know, um, Allison Baldwin, who was a goaltender at Wisconsin, now in the Army and is a goalie specialist, uh, Nick uh, Nick Tebow. So lots of great people in our, our organization, social media team, and really excited uh, kind of for the future. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, go backwards a little bit, right? So uh, it's interesting when you talk about just kind of your beginning of it, right? Like figure skating. I actually just took a player into our group this year who – say almost the same background, right? Like she started off as a figure skater. Um, at some point it was around 13, 14 figured out like, Hey, I would prefer to play hockey instead of figure skate and continue to go that route. Uh, and she talks about it a ton too, right? Like I think we, to, we focus so much as coaches on like good edges and being able to skate and like, that's what gets you places. Um, so to hear your side of it, like kind of your background on it too. Right. And like, that's, what's gotten you to the point. Um, it's funny when you started to mention some of those names too, like coach O'Malley at sacred heart, right? Like that was one of the first division one interviews I got was with coach O'Malley. Um, it was awesome, right? Like we, we had a really good chat. It was awesome to to hit it off with him. And like you said, just an unbelievable person. So um, it's funny. It's funny how small the hockey world is. We talk about it on here a lot, right. And kind of how everything intertwines itself. That's awesome. Yeah. He, I remember like then after I graduated one time, just a quick, quick story about his accent, which is pretty, pretty cool. You know, I, <laughs> I, I know I have a crazy Chicago accent, so I don't want to, I don't want to throw any shade to the Northeast, but he's like, I just remember him saying, Collar, I had this uh, flag hanging up in my dorm room and it's a badger. It was like a really old school badger rug. And he's <laughs> like, I couldn't give it to you because it was an NCAA violation before, but I want you to have this. And it was just so awesome opening that uh because a lot of people, especially now we see the craziness with the transfer portal, there's a lot of bad blood with transferring, but, um, yeah. you know, so any of you, you know, young ladies listening, just make sure you're, you're always, you're always keeping positive, you know, uh, interactions with the coaches because, uh, you never know, but it could definitely help you later on. <laughs> it's yeah. funny too. Like you talk about the transfer portal, right? Like we, uh, I was lucky enough to go down to the coaches convention this year and, a, there was some some kerfluffle on the men's side uh, about a kid who was in the portal and kind of how he got there and how the whole transfer to what school he was going to. There was a, a, a little bit of frustration there from a couple coaching staffs. Um, but then I was able to sit down in uh, a seminar with a guy who like really focuses on recruiting and stuff like that. And he made a really good comment of like, even as a coach, right? Like one of the things, and I, you've, you've heard it from me as we talk to recruits on the phone, right? Um, but I'm willing to help whether you're coming to Anna Marie or not, if I can answer questions, if I can do anything right. And for me, it really drives to that transfer portal piece with how big it's becoming, where all of a sudden a, a player you talk to who makes a decision to go to another school, their freshman year, isn't happy. They remember that. Right. And, and, and it, so it goes both ways, coaches, coaches to players and players to coaches, like those interactions you remember, and that can, that can spark something later on or an opportunity later on to kind of either reroute your career or go a different way. No, I mean, and honestly, Zach, I think that's what, what one thing that, you know, I really liked um, in, in talking to you, um, even on the men's side, is that you had such great positive conversations with every athlete, you know, no matter what their backgrounds and you're giving back to the game. That's what I really also like about, you know, Coach Jess Kazumi, who just joined us. Um, you know, she was always rated out at all the camps as like one of the number one coaches and, you know, University of Vermont, they're recruiting players from all over the country, but she'd talk to every person and she'd give every person the time of day. And, 
you know, humanize every kid. And, you know, unfortunately, sometimes you don't see coaches doing that. You see um, kind of keeping distance or, you know, nose in the air. And I think like, it's so important to like, you know, as, as advocates for these kids to like be humble and help. Um, and, and like you said, kind of what goes around comes around. They remember a conversation that they had with coach Zach at Anna Maria and hopefully, you know, they end up there <laughs> in the end. Yeah. I like Carla. I like, I love how you mentioned humanize, right? Like I think for me, for what I do in a living, like talking to athletes and everything, when they're, we talk about the transfer portal, we talk about even selecting schools in general. Um, one of the things that does always come up is like, well, how was the conversation with the coach? How was, how was the coaching staff? Like, how, how'd you get along when you met the team and all that kind of stuff? Like it, besides playing, whatever you're doing, like sometimes that vibe is the most important thing. Um, whether, you know, like maybe you're going to be a red shirt freshman, but you know what, you're still going to be a part of the team and you're going to kind of get your feet wet with all this. Like having an experience, especially at the collegiate level is one of the most important things that I stress to the athletes that I work with. And we talk about it on the podcast all the time. Like, like college is a time to explore and kind of identify yourself and do all these things. Um, but when you're playing competitive sports, especially in the hockey world, like you guys are talking about, it's also small. You want to make a good impact. And kind of some of that is about who you associate yourself with. So I think, I think that humanizing part is really important. I've heard, I've heard Zach talk to recruits all the time. And uh, I, I tell him all the time, I was like, man, I'd come play for you. Like, it's one of those things where like, you just, you just talk to them like they're a human being. And I think that's one thing that sometimes uh, coaches sometimes miss. You mentioned sometimes with their nose in the air, it's like, you remember what it was like being a player or being someone trying to be recruited? Like no one wants to talk to that person and and some, more so often they don't really want to play for them. So I love how you mentioned humanizing. I think it's something that like all coaches could really benefit from. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think like, um, you know, to your point, Andrew, like as we're going through and becoming, especially in our, in our real formative years in college, um, you know, 19, 20, 21, um, you know, we've have, you're dedicating your whole life to your sport and especially on the female side, like, you know, you can definitely go on and make a career and, and do all these different things, but, you know, a lot of times, like, you're feeling like you're coming towards the end, you know, in in those four years. And kind of what I realized, you know, kind of, you know, looking back is that my it in my experience as a walk on, like, you know, I was called like, kind of the Rudy of the team. And, um, you know, I was, I wasn't I was nowhere near as, you know, as good as any of my teammates. But um, I think what I learned for myself is that I really liked um, and it made, maybe even selfishly, it made my heart feel good to like get other people to the next level. Like to say that, all right, I got, I got this person, the next level. Like I remember like running cookies out to the bus as the bus was leaving, as they were going to Bemidji, like on the bus trip. And I'm like, yes, I got those cookies. to The ladies like gotten pumped and ready for the game, you know? And certainly there was like those feelings of like, oh, like I'm not there and like, I'm not good enough and all that stuff. But like, how, how can we better others when we ourselves aren't, you know, necessarily doing the best maybe in, in our own personal lives. And I think like, um, for anybody struggling with like mental health or anything like that, I tell them, get out and volunteer. Like, I know, like when I was, when I was single and like all my friends were getting married and stuff, like I remember on Saturdays I was going and, and volunteering at blind hockey and, you know, some of my friends and even family were like, you should be, you know, going out and being with, and, you know, going out and meeting people, but my heart kept calling me to being at the rink and helping those kids. And I think like, for me, it helped me. And it was a sense of therapy and, and giving back and seeing like the smile on, on their, those kids faces. And like, I'm like, will this, you know, will you know, will, where is it going to lead me? I don't know, but it makes me feel good. And I think like, you know, for those of you listening in, like, 
making sure that you're giving back is going to help you feel better. I, no matter what, how low you are, no matter how bad you feel, it's going to make you feel better and it'll help get you out of wherever you're at. Yeah. hundred percent. I like, it's funny too. Cause you start to, I, I guess I found it interesting, right. Having like the men's side and the women's side. Um, I've had a couple of people start to ask already, like, Hey, what do you, what are you going to do with the rest of your career? And it's like, oh, I don't know. Can I like worry about year two before I worry about the rest of it. Right. Um, but there's a lot of questions of like, Hey, are you going to go back to the men's side? Do you want to go back to the men's side? And it's interesting. Cause it comes back to like, we talk about and, and Andrew and I have talked about it, you know, in the past, just in terms of like me leaving this, like, pretty successful career I had to be like all right screw it I'm chasing my dream I'm gonna be a hockey coach like there aren't many people who turn down like a, a full career to be like I'm just gonna change my life around um and then to sit here and be like okay like I know men's hockey this is what I've done I'm really comfortable with it to be like okay I'm gonna change everything I know and I'm gonna go coach women's hockey now um it's just an experience, right? And like, we talk about it all the time, like push yourself, put yourself in uncomfortable places, try new things. I think that's like where that's where you grow as a person. And and even for us with our group, right? Like we brought them on a bus trip uh, this past year down to Pennsylvania. And it was the best weekend we had as a group because we sat at everybody in a room and we said, Hey, look, anything you want to say doesn't matter. You want to come at me like as your head coach, I will hold nothing against you. You have problems with what I'm doing, what I'm saying. Like, let's get it all out today, though. And once we leave this room, it stays here. Um, but let's let's grow. Like, let's be a group. Let's grow. Let's be a little uncomfortable for a little while. And I know Andrew's laughing because, <laughs> again, we talk about this story, right? And, like, he probably asked me six or seven times, and, and people who have listened to the podcast have heard this, but he probably asked me six or seven times in, like, 15 minutes, like, hey, are you okay? Like, the team, the team came <laughs> at you a little bit. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, look, I'm good. Like, again, <laughs> part of it is probably just who I am as a person. And, like, I very much believe in collaboration as a group, and that's how we're going to succeed and become better better um it probably was a little bit much at times right and but like in the moment that's not what it, that's not where my head was right it was very much more like what does our group need and and what can we do like how can i be better to to make the experience of these people better it's awesome. Carla, I, yeah it was it was a really cool experience um and i i really was concerned uh, as a friend i was like dude <laughs> you good you good um but you mentioned something that i, I really appreciated like it sounds like almost at Wisconsin, you kind of own the role that you have. And I think we've talked about that before on this podcast that like what makes the team, the best teams in the world, the best teams is that everyone knows where they fit, right? You don't have, you don't have the role player trying to be the all-star, um, but that role player is there and doing the best job that they can in the role that they kind of fit into. And I think, I think that kind of part is so important because also for you, it also probably it, at the, at, at the time, it probably humbled. Right. It was one of those things where it's like, damn, yeah, all right. Like, like you said, like you, the players on your team were just amazing. Right. It's kind of like, damn, I'm like fortunate to be here. This is awesome. Right. And it, so it's one of those things where like everyone kind of thinks that they're the best, especially at the, at the youth age, or, or at least mommy and daddy tell them that they're the best. Um, and then they kind of go into the real world and kind of realize, you know, you were the big fish in the small pond, my friend. And now you're kind of the small fish in the ocean. 
Um, and there's one of those things where it's like kind of re-identifying and finding themselves. So I really liked how you gave that advice to like kind of following your heart, right? Like the idea that like you kept volunteering and doing all these things that like made you feel good inside and, and like kind of warmed you. Like, I think that is the more, like the most important thing, like outside of being an athlete and doing whatever you do, like kind of staying focused on who you are outside of sport. Uh, again, sports and athletics and the sport that you play is literally just one hat that we wear um, on in the grand scheme of everything that we do. Um, so I, I loved that you shared that. I think it's a, it's a real life kind of success story of exactly why that's important that you do that. Thank you, Andrew. Yeah, I mean, I think like as it pertains to recruiting, you know, kind of to tail dove of, off of what you were saying is just that, you know, picking a program, you know, we talk about the broken leg test and, you know, is it going to be a good fit with or without your sport? And it's kind of hard for us as athletes to think about, you know, without your sport. But, um, you know, obviously we, we hear of like the coach carousel happening all the time. It's probably one of the big, you know, a big reason why I I'm in business is because, you know, we're constantly auditing <laughs> all those coach changes, but like, um, but truly like going to the school because of the culture of the team is important. Um, going to the school because you feel that the university as a whole is the right fit for you academically, athletically, um, you know, do you need that support from your family? Do, is it important that mom and dad are at, you know, your games and be able to watch in the stands and be there, you know, physically present? And, you know, I also think that like, um, while like not going to a school for a coach is important, I do think like the way that you were recruited into that program is becoming more and more important because, you know, the likelihood of, of you being a role player on that team versus, you know, you're not going to jump to then being like a, a first line player or whatever it is, like having honest conversations with that coach, you know, as you're coming into the program, I think is, is really, really important. And I think, you know, Zach, that's something that, that you're doing constantly and like giving, you know, feedback to the athletes on, on where they're at and where they see, you know, where they see themselves in the lineup and kind of using that to where, you know, you see them. So um, I think that, you know, there needs to be more of that in the recruiting process is just kind of, you know, having, you know, a, a whole picture of like, does it feel good, you know, in your heart? Does it feel good in your tummy? And then like, is it a good fit with and without your sport? Yeah, Carly, you bring up a really good point there. And, and not all coaches are like Zach, who are like kind of explaining the roles. So like for you, what is the advice you have to um, young women who are trying to get into the fields or trying to get into a like to kind of pick the college, right? Or just anyone in general, like any athlete kind of going through the recruiting process, like how can they bring up that question? Because it's probably one of the more nerve wracking ones that I can think of for them. Like, hey, where do you see me fitting here? Because I mean, you're, they're becoming vulnerable at that level. Um, so yeah. like, what's your, what's your advice for like how they can ask it or or how they can bring up the topic even? Yeah. So I think like there are a lot of different ways to kind of, and we talk about like transitions and, in, in you know, speaking with coaches and ways to talk about things, but like, you know, saying something like, Hey, you know, I know the transfer portal has been crazy, you know, right now, like I know that there's a lot of recruiting happening within that portal first. And, you know, being a, a new student athlete coming into the program, like um, I was just wondering, like, where where do you think you see me um, like right now as things stand, like, you know, with with the recruits that you have coming in? And I think, you know, just that that transitioning, like not necessarily, you know, like 
letting just just firing it off there but like kind of leading into it with something or hey you know I really I've been watching some game film of you know Lebanon Valley College and I kind of think that I play like you know x y and z player like um you know do you see me having any any similarities to that player and you know kind of that could be another thing is you know where that player kind of sits in the lineup or um so I think like coming up with the creative like thoughtful ways to do it versus like hey how much playing time am I going to get um showing that you've done a little bit of research on that program is always a good you know good way and because a lot of times you only get you know one chance to make you know some you know a few good first impressions so doing your research and any questions that you ask college coaches um, and bringing up, you know, some knowledge on the program, I think is a good way to be able to ask for things, you know, ask for more specifics on things. I think that's a super valuable uh, response, especially the research part, right? I mean, any, any coach I can feel wants to, wants to know that the people that they're trying to get to come to their program uh, care just as much as they do about getting them there. Um, and they want to know that they care that they're looking into it. So I think that's a, a really good, really good advice. Thank you. I think I think every college coach is probably going to hate me here after I say this. Right. But um, I think one of the, well, like one of my favorite experiences I had with a kid I was re- recruiting who actually ended up choosing not to come to Anna Maria. Um, she was in the transfer portal. It was just like had our, I think she had two years under her belt. She had at least a year under her belt. I think it was um, two years though. Um, and we had a really good conversation kind of went back and forth about our program, you know, about her likes and dislikes of where she was and why she was looking to leave. Um, and then she asked, can she was like, coach, can you do me a favor? If you haven't already, could you watch a little bit of my film and could you tell me where you think I could improve? And that to me was just like, and again, like I'm a hockey guy, right? Like, I don't care. My wife jokes about it. I've watched, China play you know Japan in the middle of the summer and she's like how do you find this and it's just like I will watch hockey it's my favorite thing to do um and so like I had already watched her before we chatted I knew why I wanted her and what role she was going to be in our group and 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 where she fit um and I also knew a couple of the things that I wanted to work on with with her if she did come to school right and so for me it was like she was she was a big center she could really fill a role really well um she was a little bit soft with the puck around the boards right and for me like you have a good frame you you are strong on your skates like use that draw players and open stuff up for for people around you um and i know like she she called me she actually called me to tell me uh she was not coming to anna maria which a for me was huge like just in you know i knew we were right there as a finalist in the end uh, but when she called me, she was like, coach, I, I specifically am calling you because I have a ton of respect for you taking the time to to evaluate my game a little bit. Give me some feedback. She's like, there aren't many coaches who would do that. And so for me, like in that, you know, you talk about having having players kind of go back and forth on things. And Carla, I think for you, especially, right, like you do a great job of those one sheeters and video going out to coaches and things like that. Like, I know when I get those emails and if it, I, I watch every one of those players videos, because for me, whether it's a player who is going to come in and, and can be an impact player for me next year, maybe it's a player that I don't think fits our system or it's a player that's a couple years out, right? It still gives me the opportunity to, to watch quickly evaluate a player and then say like, okay, yep, I'm going to throw her on my list and I'm going to try to find out where she's going to be at this showcase of that showcase. So then I can watch her play in person. Um, 
and then again, right. It, that's how I fit into our roster of like, okay, like I see this player and wow, she really reminds me of X player on my team or well, she's like this, but these skills stand out a little bit more. So um, I really liked the, Hey, can you give me a little evaluation? And but it's the sick part of me too, right? Like I, we talk about it with our players where it's like, if I tell our group all the time, if you don't understand something, ask me why and force me to explain it to you. If I can't explain it to you, I'm not doing my job well enough. And I either need to go back and figure out why I'm asking you to do it, or I need to find another way to explain it. Right. And so like, I think if that's maybe where some of that comes from, but, but asking for that feedback, I don't think that's a bad thing either. No, that's an, that's a fantastic point. That's awesome. And I think that, you know, especially if we talk about, um, you know, and this is another subject that's, you know, kind of touchy, but like, you know, camps that coaches are putting on and, you know, some coaches are like, you know, continue to chat with kids, but maybe they are interested, maybe they're not. So I think there does become a point in time where, um, you know, if you're incredibly interested in a program and you keep getting emails from a program, um, you know, is it because like they want you to come to their camp or is it because they're actually interested in your recruiting you? And I think asking like, Hey, you know, based on my skills and abilities as an athlete, do you see me having a solidified roster spot on your team? Sometimes no answer is an answer in and of itself. If you're sending that email, if you haven't gotten any response, you know, you're a, you're a 2023 right now, you know, or, or something crazy, like, you know, you, you're, you're a 24, I'd say like your timeline, um, you know, you should really think about, you know, who is paying, you know, a vested interest in you and, and who is, um, you know, who's really giving you the time of day. And um, like, I thought it was awesome on Grant Kimball. Uh, he does a great, um, great blog, um, which is uh, the women's college or women's hockey pipeline. He talks about like for division one, like for those of you who didn't get a call as 25s, um, you know, it's not the, it's not the end of the world. Like, obviously like now June 15th, um, you know, August 1st is now when athletes are able to have that, those official visits, they're now unlimited. That's going to take a lot more time, a lot more time to get those visits in. So really the time where you should start evaluating if, you know, maybe you should look at the division three option isn't necessarily June 15th. It's, it's February 15th, because if you haven't got those calls by then, you know, then maybe it's time to start to reevaluate where you're at, you know, with your skill level. And then, you know, if you look at the D3s, like there's so many fantastic options at division three hockey, like insane. And like, you know, look at, you know, Anna Maria, look at, you know, Oswego, they got, you know, you can toss a saucer pass into Lake Erie from their rink. Like so many, I, I can go on and on about, you know, these beautiful campuses. And, you know, if you're not interested in a small school, huge schools, huge programs out there, University of Arizona just built a, you know, gorgeous multi-million dollar facility. Like, um, there's somewhere for every single person to play hockey. Um, but you know, Zach, you mentioned the one pager is like, I think the reason why I include non-hockey specific information on their bullet points is, you know, Andrew, we talked about like who we are, you know, with or without hockey above and beyond, whether that's you identifying, you know, with your faith, or maybe you're, you know, I have a girl who's part of 4-H that works on the farm and works with horses. And like, I have girls that are involved in music, like you need something aside from just hockey, not just for like to, for, um, you know, to, you know, to try to get into a college because nowadays we don't know what the criteria are to get into college. Like we, you know, there's, you could have a 36 on your ACT and a four point, 
you know, a 5.0 GPA, all AP courses and, and not get in right to, to Michigan or something. But, you know, it's it it's it's obviously important to do those extra extracurriculars for, you know, your resume. But I also think for the mental health side of things, like to have an identity outside of hockey is really important. <clears throat> Being involved with the youth group or, you know, having a job or something, you know, it's going to help you in so many ways be able to um, expand, you know, who you are as a person. Yeah, Carlin, you mentioned something really important there that I think is is valuable. You know, maybe February 15th is the time that you start reevaluating your skills for those athletes who don't get the calls. But I think it's also important with this transfer portal, right? Just because you go D3, maybe for the first year or two, it doesn't mean that your D1 aspirations are closed. And I think that kind of part becomes really important to to kind of think about for athletes because they might think like, oh, I'm, I have to go, I have to settle on D3 or I have to go play D3. But it doesn't mean that like you can't go go there and grow and, and work on your skills and then eventually send tape and maybe you get into the D1 school that you wanted to. Maybe maybe it's almost like a driver or a motivator. So I think that kind of stuff is important too. And and going off the other thing is like, like I talk to all the athletes I work with about having all our hats in order, right? And like, knowing which hat we have to put on when we have to put it on. Um, again, some of my athletes or some athletes in general, just they wear a lot of different hats, whether they're a sister, a brother, um, uh, maybe a girlfriend, a fiance, some are married. Like it doesn't, it doesn't matter what role you play, but you don't want to take home your hockey hat with your, with your home life hat, right? Like that can just be, that can cause massive issues. So I think the idea of, of what you're saying here is like, is like having those different hats and knowing when to put those hats on, like also help you become a better hockey player, a better person. And just in general, like it just balances you out. Like you start learning more about yourself and then sometimes you learn things in your job that you're doing that you can then apply to the ice or apply to your teammates, or it might make you think of a teammate and be like, Hey, you know, I was doing this thing uh, on the farm. And it made me think of, of how, like when we're against the boards, we could, we could possibly work a little bit harder or, or whatever it is. I'm using off the top of my, my head kind of stuff here, but it's one of those things where like having those different experiences I don't think athletes always realize it. it gives you the ability to also become a better player. Um, so I, I appreciate that you had mentioned that because I think it's, I think it's something that we don't talk enough about. Yeah, no, I think like absolutely having like an identity and, and not always bringing hockey home with us. Like I remember like my dad, I, he's my best, my best friend, like, after the, after our games, like we would sometimes spend, you know, eight hours back in the car, you know, reflecting and going back on that one game. And I would like, I, you know, I wouldn't trade those times for anything in the world. Cause like that was it. But I also like sometimes wish that, you know, we could have had talks about other things, you know, and like other yeah. parts of life. And, you know, it's funny, like, you know, I, even with, even like my personal life in my twenties, I always thought, Oh, I'm going to marry a hockey guy because I'm always at the rink. And, you know, we always have the same things in common. And then lo and behold, during COVID, you know, I was actually coming from the rink. I was sweaty. I had, you know, I looked awful and I saw my husband out the window and he was on a run and I smiled at him and we, we, he was, he basically high-fived his friend, uh, after I, I gave him my business card. So it's pretty <laughs> funny, but he's, he's like a, a finance guy. Like he, you know, he was, you know, played intramural golf at Notre Dame. Like he's, you know, really kind of a, if it weren't for him, I probably wouldn't have WCHR with all that he helps with, with, you know, the, the finances and helping get our advisors paid and all that good stuff. But, um, you know, I tell that story because, you know, sometimes we, 
you know, for two reasons. I think one is like, we all go through different seasons in our life and we all go through different times in our life where we think we know exactly what our plan is or how things are going to work or how things, you know, should work. And then, you know, life happens and we see that that's not at all the path. Like maybe for Zach, like going and coaching girls hockey, like the girls are so fortunate to have you because you treat them like athletes. It doesn't matter if they're male or female. Like if you're not a yeller, you're a, you're not a screamer. Like you treat them as 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 humans. And like I think that you know sometimes like we get led down these different paths. Whether you know you think you're playing D one, you play D three and have a great experience, or you know I should probably should have played D three, but I had a wonderful experience playing my role at at D one. So wherever you're at in your season in life, just own it. And I always would put a little P on my stick was P was for present moment. And so just like using our breath sometimes to, to slow down and being in that moment can really help whether you're on the, you know, at a game or, you know, um, focusing on a test, I think that that can really help. So, um, I try to try to, you know, remind myself, cause I always, I always sometimes get ahead of myself. So, you know, being in the present is important super valuable. Like I'm the same exact person you are, you're sitting there telling that. And I'm like, man, I, I get it. I didn't, we've like, I've talked to Andrew about it on the podcast, off the podcast of like, I've had so many times in my life where I stop and I'm like, all right, what's next? Like, what am I doing next? I want to go here and this is what I'm going to do to get there. And you like, you just put yourself in a position sometimes where you just, you miss, right. You miss what's happening. You miss the little pieces, the little moments. And like I've I've realized as I've gotten older too, like I've gotten better at like, you know what, I don't need to go do that today. Or like, nah, we'll still get there, but I'm gonna enjoy this right now. And um it, it's just funny kind of how life can kind of especially when you least expect it, right? All of a sudden life kind of puts you back in your place a little bit of like, nope, you're gonna you're gonna pay attention to this exact moment and and you're gonna enjoy the little pieces of what's going on. So it's, it's um, like Mike Tyson said, man, we all got a plan till life punches you in the face, you know, uh, <laughs> like it, it's so true. Like, and I, and I think what we're talking about here is like the expectations that we all set for ourselves, right? This idea of like, we set expectations of like what we're supposed to be, what we're supposed to look like or, or act like, or what we're looking for. And in reality, sometimes we miss the things that we're, that we're, we're supposed to actually be kind of going after. I tell people the story all the time. I, I never wanted a private practice and to like, and to do all this. Like, I, I was always like, no, nah, I don't want the headache. Like I'd rather work for somebody else. And like, they bring me clients and I'll just do my thing. And then I was just like, well, hang on a second. Like, and then COVID hit and kind of like life happened to me. And I was just like, well, I mean, maybe I'll dip my toe in the water. And now I wouldn't change any of that for the entire world. I get to help more people and, 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 and have people who work for me, who I make their lives happy. Like that kind of stuff is what fuels me. Like, it's like, sure, I get to live a good life and they get to live a good life. And our clients get served by some of the best people that I can know. Um, and, and I think that kind of stuff, like you just, when we set expectations for ourselves, sure, have goals, have drive, have have things that you're aspiring to do, but nothing is ever set in stone. Right? And, and I think that, that that kind of thing is so important. We talked with Carly, you mentioned the whole broken leg thing. I, I Everyone is a single injury away from your entire career being completely over. Um, and when that, when you, when you think of it that way, sports becomes a lot more fun. At least in my opinion, because it's just like, do this, this one practice, this one game, that that 6 a.m., 5 a.m. lift that you're just completely dreading. You, it could be your last one and you have absolutely no idea. 
So like, sure, it's very like it, some, it might be a little toxically positive to be like, come on, get out there and do it. But it's also one of those things where it's like, if you have the mentality of like, you know what, like, I'm going to go do this because I have the opportunity to do this uh, and not because I have to do this. I think that kind of changes things. And and when we set expectations, it just, it, it kind of can ruin that mindset for you. And I think it's important that we always remember just to kind of let the water flow, you know? 100%. I have a, yeah, I had some other corny saying that I just let go, but it's fine. <laughs> hey, thanks for not doing that to us. We didn't want yeah, to hear it's it. All good. It's all good. <laughs> no, I'll, I have one. I have one last one. The with the with the uh, with the quotes though. I always say like, success is a journey, not a destination. And you know, you want to be successful in those moments in life at whatever wherever you're at in your season in life, and that's how you'll continue to be successful and and not worrying too much about the future. It's easy to say, but, you know, sometimes it's it's hard in practice, but I sometimes I think, you know, just breathing and thinking about, I remember watching a podcast about stop, look, go. If you stop, close your eyes, open them back up again, and then kind of refocus and like, oh, here I am, you know, and yeah. you know, now, especially I'm sure, you know, Zach with, with the little guy, it's like a new change of perspective and you know if you're in even when I was when I was single I feel like I was always looking all right looking for the next thing or looking for but I wish I would have enjoyed you know that season in my life so it's like you always got to enjoy that moment yeah yeah the the the, uh the present is a gift that's why it's called the present um I all right I'm done with the corny jokes uh (laughs) but anyway my my point like Carla you mentioned a good like I loved how you mentioned like breathing I we work on box breathing all the time we've talked about on the podcast before the idea of like like breathing in for four, holding for four, let out for four and let that stay for four and then doing it over again. Um, breathing is super valuable. You talked about the cue words that you used to work, used to use like with the P on your stick and what that meant to you. Um, I mean, honestly, you could be easily a certified mental performance consultant just uh, just by the way that you kind of handle things. So kudos to that. Um, <laughs> I, I loved hearing it. Yeah. So we don't want to be super greedy with your time. Uh, we do really appreciate you we coming do. on. I guess the last piece I'd like to just get a just, kind of your insight on right you you talked about um you you did your four years of school you you did your thing there um and then you went to to grad school after and then like the whole normal part of life came right like you become a normal person again kind of you know where where were you at there and then you really talked a bit and like i admire what you've done with with the whole women's hockey recruiting thing right so I'd really love if you could just share a little bit of, of that piece, right? Like the real start, what was, were there certain events that happened or like what finally got you to the point of like, I'm going to go do this and I'm going to, I'm going to chase this piece of it. Yeah, no, for sure. So I think like, you know, kind of becoming not, you know, not an athlete. Like I, I remember at one point, um, you know, I was talking to my friend Jake who played on the football team and he was like very, um, kind of at the same point where, you know, Wisconsin was just such an, such an incredible experience, right? Like you get all these resources, everything is, you know, a- around, you know, your sport and you have all these things, but you know, what they didn't at the time do a great job of. And actually I'm on the board or I, I just actually, uh, served my two years, um, and, and they've done a lot better job of is like, you know, you're, you're almost like on cloud nine and then you're, you're brought down to the real world. And it's a man, you're, face slam onto the real world. Right. And like, I was at grad school, I was like, Oh, I could have maybe thought about, you know, you know, staying an extra fifth year at Wisconsin. I don't know. Um, but I remember at the time being like, 
you know, we should write a book, Jake, about like life is not a tryout because I think up until that point, like every single thing, every move I made was towards, you know, being a college hockey player. Like, and then what was my next goal? Like, what was I going to do? And like, what was my purpose? Um, and I mean, personally, like, I think like for me, I'm a person of faith and I'm very open about that. Like, I think for me, that's what got me through, a, you know, a, a part of it, but also like refocusing my goal. And like my goal, I think at that point in time, I was working, you know, for a corporate company, making pretty good money um, for about five years. And I was all the time, like every free moment I had was spent coaching. I was coaching, coaching, coaching. Um, and like, I'm like, why don't I just like do this full time and like marry my passion for, for sports. And so, um, ultimately in 2018, I made that decision. Um, you know, I had been a, a tier, a triple a director and a college coach uh, at the ACHA level for a number of years. And I took a job with a larger kind of, uh, Walmart recruiting company, which, you know, I never want to speak poorly, but I like, just for me, like the integrity piece, I wanted to to once you pay for something, you want to get the the best product out of it and you want, you know, access to the people and you want connections. And so I, I saw on the men's side, it was like a little bit of a good old boys club, you know, who, you know, built, you know, giving a call, things like that. And I thought, you know, why aren't we doing this on the women's side? I was getting so many questions all the time of like, Hey, how do I, how do I play AAA hockey? Or how do I get in touch with these prep schools? Or like, how do I get to the next level? Or like, what's the secret, like to, you know, getting seen at national, you know, to make national camp. And so, um, all these questions, like, you know, I would love to do it for free. I would, but I wouldn't be able to, to do my, I wouldn't be able to have a job otherwise. So I ultimately, I, um, I started, you know, one of the reasons why I started just truly, and this is like a little personal, but uh, my father was a police officer and during COVID, there was a lot that went on and the company was that I was working for was just very, I guess, anti-police. And I just, you know, those, my dad and my brother and my grandfather were all um, the best police officer, life-saving words and weren't like those police officers that, you know, that the bad stuff was happening. So I, I decided that, um, you know, for me, I wasn't comfortable working at that company anymore. And I was going to start to go off on my own. And and so that's what I did. Um, I started off with, you know, a handful of clients and I did a presentation. Um, Deb Benillo is a name that I'll throw out there. She's awesome. She's the director at Big B. Um, and she wanted to have me speak at, at her camp with, with Sean uh, Skelly from Adrian. And so it was from that, I got kind of a lot of girls signed on at that camp. And then I was a director for 200 by 85 uh, at CCM 68s and got some girl, like a lot of girls there. I was up to almost like 50 girls um, and I kept growing, kept growing. And then um, about a year ago, um, I knew that if I wanted to continue this, I was, and I wanted to help more people, I was going to need to bring on a team, but I was very, very selective with my team. Um, I was nervous. Like I, I like didn't know anything really about, you know, managing people and all of this, but I was fortunate enough. Um, Dave LaBaff connected me with his wife, Allie, who also coached at the NCAA level. And um, you know, couldn't get any harder of a worker than Allie. She's incredible. She's great with the athletes. She's had some fantastic, very quick commitments, connecting people. She's, she's just really has great emotional intelligence. So we brought on Allie. 
Um, about six months later, um, I had a great relationship with Tom Hoffman and, um, you know, he was at in at the point where he was going to be changing, you know, career paths. And so I, I said, Hey, Tom, would you ever consider coming on board? We really need another advisor. And he was, you know, he's been absolutely phenomenal with his connections and expertise and head coach. And then, um, now we have Jess, which has been awesome. And, and Allison Baldwin, who's been around kind of since day one helping and, uh, part of, so, you know, and a few others along the way. So, um, it's just, it's been really awesome to kind of see that, like, um, the only thing in, you can in control in life really is how hard you work. And I truly believe that. And, um, you know, sure. I've had to make a lot of sacrifices with, you know, having my little guy and, you know, working late nights and things like that. But I want to teach him that one day, you know, you can do anything that you set your mind to, and you can, um, you know, if you're just a, if you're there for people and you're honest, like that's really the, the biggest piece. Yeah. It's funny too. Cause we had, uh, Jared DeMichael on the podcast. So he's the, he, he's a really good buddy of mine. He was at Michigan or he, excuse me, he was at UMass and then just moved over to Michigan state. I know Jared, um, he's a great guy. And when, yeah. And when we were chatting with him, right. He like one of the things he talked about too. And I think it's, it's interesting. I feel like you see it in just in the hockey world in general, and you see it in the, in these coaches and these players that achieve at like a really high level. Um, but it's that work ethic, right? It's like Jared talked about how it was uh, like, I look, I may not be better than people at everything, but I'll work harder and I will work later and I will work more if I have to. Um, but I'm going to do what I need to do. Um, and I think like, that's just something to me that sticks out. Right. And like, you just said it for, for what you've done. And, and I like, I've enjoyed the interactions I've had with all your athletes, right. That, that I have been able to speak with. Um, and I think, I think a lot of, in my opinion, right, when you look at your athletes, I think they're very similar to who you are as a person. And there's that that genuineness and that ability to just kind of have a little bit of uh, the human side and show that and be like, hey, this is who I am and 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 kind of give them the confidence to be proud of who they are. You know, thank you so much, Zach. That that means a, a really that means a lot to me. And um, like, I, I do think that uh, it's funny because I was talking to Brian Adolski real quick and he was saying like, we, we like kids that were like us kind of as players. And so, you know, we have a little bit of a selection process as to who we bring on as clients. But I think the biggest thing for us is that they have passion, they have commitment, and they have integrity. And, you know, kind of knowing you can get a good sense for those things, you know, pretty quickly in a person. Um, and I just think in, you know, in their eye contact and, and how they treat you and how, how their parents treat you, all that kind of stuff like um, it's important and I think you know I want my players to make sure that they're bringing not just their skills but you know who they are as people to to program so um it's been awesome you know having those those calls with you and and the kids and like um I think you give them the opportunity to show who they are as people Andrew you got any more questions for Carla before we wrap it up No, nah, man, Carla, you're awesome. I really appreciate uh, the opportunity to have you on the podcast. And uh, anytime you're and you are, you have an open door policy here. You are welcome on here. Thank you, you so much, Andrew. Desire, so. Thank you so uh, much really, for everything that you, you do. Time. And um, can you just give a quick shout out? You're live on Instagram with with you what you do and your Instagram in case athletes are looking to looking to follow you. Sure, Carla, I really appreciate that opportunity. So thank you. Uh, so my company is called Deep Breaths Counseling. Uh, we really go by DBC Sports Psychology and Counseling. Uh, our website's www.deepbreathscounseling.com. Pretty simple to find us. Um, we're based out of Connecticut, but we work with athletes all over the country. 
Um, so that's one thing. Uh, the CMPC license or certification doesn't have any boundaries. So we're welcome to kind of work with people from all over, um, which is kind of a cool thing to have you as a connection now as well. Um, and what we do is we help athletes um, on and off the field, court, ice, whatever kind of playing surface they're on. Um, we kind of help you become the best version of yourself uh, in sport and out of sport. And that's kind of what we focus on. And when we're doing sports psych work, it's usually in sport, um, but we always kind of incorporate the things that matter um, just as much as sport, which is life in general. So um, we, we appreciate the opportunity to kind of have any athlete walk through our door um, and kind of get them to be the best version of themselves awesome. whenever they want. And to. Uh, so, so oh, thanks, the at, somebody's asking, can we get an at for him? Yes, it is at DBC sports, like underscore sports psychology on Instagram. Um, so let me okay. make sure. That's and we'll have an Zach, if you so, can yeah, text it's, that it's, to me. We also have Zach Perkins with uh, Anna Maria College, NCAA Division III, uh, just an, a phenomenal coaching staff and excited to have some players come there. So thank you guys so much for this opportunity this evening. And uh, yeah, I hope you guys have uh, a great rest of this uh, beautiful summer. You Perfect. Too, yeah. Thank, thank you very much. And uh, for anybody who wants to continue to follow along, uh, it's the Mental Mindset Podcast. And if you can't figure out how to get a hold of Andrew, you can reach out to us. Uh, we have a, a Gmail account. So it's mental mindset podcast at gmail.com. Um, just for we, we have no problem connecting people anyway. Um, other than that, we appreciate everybody taking the time to kind of sit along with us here. Uh, Carla, again, we really, really appreciate your time as well. And and for the listeners, we'll talk to everybody next week. Thanks, guys. Cheers.